Alright, welcome my friends to the Rise to the Top Uncensored, Uncut, Unconventional Interviews with Successful Entrepreneurs. I'm David Seitman Garland. If you're looking for something else, you're in the wrong spot. If you're looking for the Rise to the Top, you are in the right spot. On today's episode, internet mogul Yaro Starek is in the house. And before we get started, I gotta, I gotta give some love. Gotta give some love to go to webinar by good friends, Citrix Online, sponsor of the Rise to Top. They're the ones making it all possible, my friends. So here's the deal. So no secret webinars are an awesome, awesome, awesome tool. You can use it for a variety of different ways. For example, when I launched Create Awesome Interviews to teach people how to do online interview shows, I used webinars, I continue to do webinars. It's just an unbelievable tool you can do for you know, marketing, for coaching, for there's just so many different ways you can do it. The best platform, go to webinars. So what do you have to do? How about a 45 day no credit card free trial on me? How about that? And you're supporting the rise to the top. So here's what you gotta do. Head over to go to webinar.com, click the try it free button, enter the promo code special, and you'll be off to the races. And also a quick reminder, if you go to the risetop.com slash VIP, you can hop onto our VIP email list and you're going to get show updates right to your email. I always go to the email list first. So, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to ask a guest some questions or some quick tips, extra commentary on episodes, all that kind of stuff, it's the risetop.com slash VIP. You can also sign up below under every single episode of the Rise Top or also on the right side of the website. All right, well, welcome, my friends. Big day today, and uh, Yaro Stark is here, and also upcoming shows I want to let you know about as well as we wrap up the month of May here in 2012. I feel like time is going just like insanely fast. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say about it. Time is just freaking rolling. So on Tuesday, the 29th of May, the author of Brainfluence, Roger Dooley, is going to be in the house. Very creative, very smart guy, uh, teaching us about how to really tap into our customer's consciousness of how we're selling, our unconscious brain uh, on selling, no matter what it is, online, offline, no matter what. And on Thursday, the 31st, Pro poker rock star, entrepreneur, and former celebrity apprentice runner-up, my favorite, Annie Duke, is in the house, and uh, she's got some great stuff as well for you. And I mentioned this uh, coming up, but I wanted to tease this again, is that I've got a brand new extension of the Rise to the Top coming up soon. It's going to be a separate website for web show hosts, podcasters, and new media broadcasters. So keep an eye on that. I am very, very, very excited about this. Uh, it's, it's something I've been more excited about anything in a long time, and I'm very excited about this new site. It's going to be coming soon. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about Yaro. So, uh, Yaro is one of the top professional bloggers today. In 1998, uh, he started really doing things online, managed and sold several internet businesses. Uh, his blog, entrepreneursjourney.com, it's entrepreneurs with a dash, journey.com, is making $20,000 plus each month. Um, he's, he's made seven figures plus online, and now he's actually shifting gears to focus more on a startup that he has going on. So it's an interesting thing uh, going on for him. So I wanted to find out a little bit more, a little bit more about him, and uh, lots of insights and uh, interesting things. So without further ado, here he is from Australia. Yaroslav, enjoy. All right. Well, this interview has been a long time coming, Mr. Yaroslav. I don't know how many times 
We, we've tried. We've got it done, though. Now, now this is yeah. it. I've got you trapped. I've got you. For you right now, it's early in the morning in Australia. That's fine. But I've got you trapped now on the show. So, wel- welcome aboard. I'm excited to have you on. <laughs> Thanks, David. I'm very excited to be here. And you know, th- this is cool because what we're doing, uh, as I mentioned, you know, profiles now of, of successful people in a variety of different industries. How would you describe to someone? Um, and this is always tricky because of your industry at a cocktail party when they say, what do you do? You know, it, it, I, I, it depends who I'm talking to, to be honest. You know, if it's a girl, I'm trying to impress her. I like the romantic line. I'm a writer. Ah. Uh, but usually blogger is probably more realistic. If uh, and Nothing wrong with being a blogger. It can be romantic too. But Right. The know, girls are girl. going the other way though on that one probably. Yeah. It yeah. depends who you're talking to, of course. Um, but you know, there is no short answer besides that if you want to give the one word response. But, you know, it always feels very inadequate. Uh, there's so many other things you could talk about, but you have to gauge how technical they are and where they're coming from. So blogger, writer, one of those two. Nice. And if you if you look online, I mean, and you go around and you kind of dive into your, into your bio, um, you know, a lot of people describe you, yeah, as a blogger, an internet business entrepreneur from Australia, of course. Um, and one of the top bloggers today making a lot of money online with this. Um, I mean, is that a fair assessment? Because you're really known as, as not only a guy who does blogging, but of course teaches blogging to other people and how to make money online. Is that, is that something that you think is fair in terms of an assessment of you? Yeah. I mean, I had the, the fortunate timing of releasing a free report way back in 2007 and, and starting my own blog in 2004. Uh, and I also had, I guess, the, the advantage of coming from a bit of a, a background mixing, you know, internet marketing and blogging. Mm-hmm. So I knew the, the effectiveness of releasing a free report and building an email list and, and doing a product launch, uh, probably before most bloggers were thinking about doing that. It wasn't, you know, talked about quite as much. So I got in quickly early. I, I released a report called the Blog Profits Blueprint, and and that really cemented me as, you know, one of the first people to teach how to make money blogging. Um, yeah, I like to say it was strategic, but really, you know, I was kind of making up as I went along, learning, testing, figuring things out, happened to, you know, pump out a great report in 30 days, and it went really well. So because of that, you know, obviously I, I have a blog, I've, I've had a few different businesses before that, I've had a proofreading business, uh, a card game website, you know, that built up my experience leading up to blogging, but in terms of a public persona, that, that report really put me on the map. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, on that, uh, that card game you mentioned, it was a Magic the Gathering related uh, website, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. All right. And, got, I, hey, we've got to call out that. we got to call <laughs> out the specifics here. So, you know, and right now you're known really the brands that you have. You've got the Blog Mastermind, Become a Blogger, and the Membership Mastermind. And overall, though, is that it said in the last three years, I don't know where I found this research. I might have just literally made this up. So if I made yep. this up, might have just happened. Um, it, it, that you've made over one million dollars from your business in the last three years. Is that is that a made up stat or is that one that I actually did find correctly? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no, no, it's true. I mean, it, it's funny that to do this interview now. I mean, it's two thousand and twelve, and I'm focusing on, on a, a software startup right now. But all those programs you mentioned have. I mean, they started in two thousand and seven. They had another one two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. So I had two years there where I, I did at least a half a million dollars in uh, revenue from my courses and my blog and, and that sort of thing. And, and it continued. I mean, prior to that, I was making close to that kind of money. So, you know, it's, it's paid for my apartment I'm in now. It's bought a couple of investment properties, BMW, that sort of thing. So, 
Um, it's it's been a good ride. Uh, I'm doing something different now with software, which is a little bit more lean. A little tell, bit tell more. Tell us about uh, that. Tell us tell us about what's going on with that. I always I, we're always interested in new as well here on the show. So. Yeah, well, I've I basically came to the point where I was a little bit tired of um, creating courses and, and teaching. I mean, I still love that, uh, but I was looking for something a bit bigger and maybe not so much about me. And, you know, really, all my courses were about the Star brand and Yara was a teacher. So uh, I had this idea actually a long time ago of, of doing sort of a, a an advertising management tool for bloggers, so something okay. you could use to easily... Uh, manage your, your banner ads, your text link ads, your video ads, which is something I've made money from even before I was a blogger. Uh, my mm -hmm. first magic site going back 10 years ago uh, made money from advertising. So mm -hmm. while not the biggest stream of income for me, it's certainly been the most, uh, you know, the longest term income stream. So I, I came up with this tool called Cranky Ads. Uh, I've cool. finally got a development partner. Yeah, crankyads.com. I like it. And it's, it is an, it's an advertising management tool first, and on the other flip side of that, we're, we're basically building an ad network for bloggers, so a place where advertisers can come and search all the blogs using the advertising management tool and basically uh, advertise on those sites. So hoping to bring those two groups together using some clever technology, but really the key thing about it, it's really simple. That's uh, one of the main complaints I had about advertising management beforehand. It's very technical, too many options. So had a few features I wanted and I basically built this thing for my own blog so hopefully it'll help a lot of people yeah that's great to hear and, and I can attest to that meaning meaning you know a, a major revenue source on this show is sponsorships and advertising that we do ourselves and yeah. anything complicated is gonna be a mess and you're right a lot of stuff out there is is complicated to say the least now you mentioned this and I find this this fascinating because you know people that are watching listening to this and are in all different industries you know online offline all over the place and I, I've noticed this happen sometimes with people in the internet world, right? Like you, you built your personal brand extremely well. You know, you have all these courses that teach and teach and teach, and that can also be a burden. Um, you know, it can be a burden as well. It's a fantastic thing, but it's also can be a little bit of a burden. Can you talk a little bit about your mindset of why you decided to kind of shift now? And I like that. I think that's exciting to, to be moving into a new area. Was it just, God, if I get one more damn email about blogging, I'm going to blow my head off? Was it, you know, what, what was the, what, what caused that shift for you? You know, it's, it's just a transformation thing more than anything. Uh, I don't know about you, David, but I've had a sort of a, a five-year trajectory in everything I do in my life. You know, my first five years, well, chasing lizards as a kid doesn't really count, but, you know, next five years was Nintendo, Sega, playing video games. Uh, five years after that, I was into uh, roller skating and rollerblading, so I think we have something in common. I, I heard you're an inline uh, hockey player that back then. That is true, my friend. Yeah, so I did a bit of that too, very briefly, and um, then after that, I got into the card game, Magic the Gathering, so that was from like 15 to early 20s, and, uh, you know, that brought me into the online world, because my first website was in that space. Uh, and then that, that was my next interest, uh, you know, really building a website, an online business and, and making an income from that. And then the next five years was blogging. So that's where we're at now and I'm pretty much transitioning to a software company. So I think ultimately it's just a personal preference of just desire to do something different. Uh, there's, like I love the information product world. Uh, it's, it's by far, I think, one of the best online businesses you can get into. Um, you know, I, I love having a personal brand. I mean, I got stopped on the street the other day here in Brisbane by a couple of German backpackers who read my blog, you know, <laughs> that's pretty amazing, you can say stuff like that, you know, sure. they were a bit drunk, but you know. Hey, whatever, <laughs> you know, that's fine. 
Yeah, and then obviously the money's great. I love writing. I love teaching. So you know, I, I don't want to poo-poo on that sort of thing. It's all a great lifestyle, and I, I really recommend it to people. It's really it was just a desire to do something different, um, to also create something that's not really me sitting down there and doing the the, the product creation so much, and mm -hmm. kind of like I like the idea of having ideas and then having a team who can go and implement them. Um, you know, I've been in the past the kind of guy who doesn't want to have a team. You know, I've never had full-time employees. Mm -hmm. I've liked the freedom, um, done well financially. You know, if you can get to half a million dollars and having no full-time employees, you actually have a good. fairly good profit sure. margin. Yeah, sure. so you know, it allows you to travel. Um, very elegant business model. Having a blog and email list, it's been great. Still is great. So you know, I really recommend that. But it's just time for something different. Simple as that. Um, you know, it really is where you're up to. Like I wouldn't be able to do this maybe five years ago because I just you know, didn't have the, the resources. I didn't have um, you know the understanding of the marketplace. You know, all those sorts of things. So it's just a gradual. It's a, sec a success ladder, pretty yeah, much. I yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I I've talked to lots of people that have done stuff like that, and it baffles people outside of the world. They can't believe it, right? Like people will say, "How could you just?" leave this or go this way or go this way and I, I get I totally 100% understand exactly why that you got that burning thing to do something different you know and and for you um, you know now that you, you just mentioned something that was a, a, a one of the bigger shifts that you've noticed already going from kind of um, internet marketing info world to the software world is yes you got employ you have you have you're doing the startup you got the employees I'm assuming yep. yeah you got this going uh, how is well, that going um, like, what have you? What what have, what have been some of the interesting transition things that have gone on so far? Where you're like, wow, this is awesome, or holy crap, this is hard. Like, what's been going on? Well, it's a different business model to begin with. It's software. So right. you know, in the New past, game. yeah. I mean, I knew in the past once I'd done one launch, I kind of realized I could basically you know create something of value, do a launch process, and it worked every time. You know, I've done probably. 20 uh, opening, closing, relaunching various types of you know product launches for my, my products over the years and every time it worked. So it's it, you know it works, it's, it's cash flow, you, know, you, you hit a spike and then it, it drops off and, and that's how it goes. Uh, with software, you know, we're, we've already put in a year's worth of development time and you know, we're not cash flow positive yet either. So it's a case of building the tools, um, looking for the right people to work with, we're thinking about taking capital and getting investors, so that's a totally new uh, barrel of fish for me. Um, so yeah, it's very different. Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit like I'm starting afresh. Uh, it's you know a bit scary in that regard. You don't know whether it will work. You know, just to break even, we need more money because it's not right. like an information product launch where I can just go pull in a hundred grand and say, oh, that was a good year. Uh, in this case, it's well, that hundred grand pays for two employees, and that's it. You know, <laughs> so right, um, it's a totally different fun. world, basically. Yeah, um, but I'm enjoying it because I'm, I'm mentoring, you know, I guess the more Silicon Valley style of uh, entrepreneurship. It is a different way of thinking. I've been a solopreneur prior to this. You know, now I'm looking at, uh, you know, futures in terms of how to exit and, uh, you know, leveraging beyond just, you know, I mean, it's funny because I actually thought about doing some of these things in the information publishing world uh, prior to this, you know, maybe getting investors, maybe going big, like some internet marketers do this, they try and take their course beyond just one launch, it becomes, you know, a product they keep selling over and over, they build a massive sales funnel, they, they split test their copy. Right. And Evergreen, right? Yeah. yeah, Evergreen, exactly. So, 
Um, and I considered doing that, but to be honest, I was just so, well, still am. I'm not a fan of, you know, endless split testing every little tiny thing on your website. Um, I didn't feel like, you know, building a team around that concept either. So I've enjoyed doing a launch, teaching a course for six mm -hmm. months, and then pretty much saying, well, we'll close it down for a while and, and you know, just, just keep blogging as well, of course. I mean, I've always loved blogging. And, and I like doing podcasts like you as well, doing the interviews. So that stuff keeps happening in the background, but the software startup is, you know, all brand new. Right, and you're, and it's it's like you know when you switch something like that, you're learning a whole new language, right? Because you're you're going from you know product launches and you know lists and funnel and this kind of stuff to you know potentially things like Series A and Series B and you know all these term sheets, and you're like, what the hell's going on? Are you the type of guy that when you jump into something new, okay, that you just go in, like you're just like, all right, here we go, let's we're just gonna do it, you know, we're gonna figure it out? Are you the type of person that? gets mentors or help like how do you how do you go about it because again you're like you said you're moving into a little new scariest world that's also exciting how do you go about that well a bit of faith to begin with that you know if you keep working towards something you'll actually get a result uh, I'm very big on just problem solving so you look at whatever is a constraint uh, you know back in the day when I was studying some of Rich Sheffern's stuff uh, he, he surfaced the theory of constraints concept and um, you know, you can call that basically looking at whatever the, the, the main thing that's stopping your business from moving to the next phase right now. So, you know, as we're doing what we do now, we kind of look at cash flow as our biggest problem. So we've been trying to solve that. You know, once we deal with the cash flow issue, then we'll be dealing with probably a people problem where you have to find good people. So it's just incremental problem solving. And hopefully at the end of it all, you, you know, you have a result in a company that makes money and, and you can keep growing it. Um, that's pretty much how I've lived my entire, I think, business life, though, to be honest. You look at whatever you don't like about, uh, well, not just your business, your life in general. I think I, think I started that from the beginning. It's, you know, I wasn't happy with um, how much money I was making. Let's change business models. You know, I wasn't happy with my social life. Well, let's stop focusing so much on business and try and build a you know, better friendship circle and so forth. So that's how I pretty much do everything. It's whatever's bugging me right now or I'm not happy with or I can see a problem with, that's what we got to fix. Let's find a way to do it, and then we can find the next problem, basically. So um, for the startup, it's, it is definitely a new language. It's a whole set of new problems. Uh, you know, I don't know whether we're going to make it work um, yet. We're still in the, very much the startup phase. Um, software is ridiculously hard to, to build. I'm amazed that, like, you know, we've been doing this for almost two years in, in a lot of ways, and we've really only got a beta. Yeah, <laughs> it's a humbling experience, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is, and uh, um, you know, I'm not a programmer or a coder, so I don't, I do, don't really do the the grunt work on that. My my partner Walter does, and uh, you know, we we have a, a tool that works. We're finally happy to say that it, you know it does what it does, but it's taken a long time to get here, and there's so many things we we'd like to add to it, but we just don't have the manpower. So, um, yeah, very new, uh, frustrating at times, exciting. I, I'm loving learning about, like you said, the Series A, the Series B, and I'm I'm. Uh, reading a whole bunch of startup information. Uh, being in Australia, it's a bit of a challenge. We obviously have a smaller community here. It, sure. it is growing, um, but you know, Silicon Valley is clearly the, the place to be in terms of you know getting capital and, and uh, you know, having a startup. That being said, we can certainly make it work here. But um, you know, we get a bit jealous reading all the, the the venture hacks and the tech crunches and seeing all the amazing stuff going on in Silicon Valley. So uh, you know, hope, hope to be there at some point. Oh, you're just missing parties. You know that's probably what they have going on. I'm saying that. I'm saying this, of course, from St. Louis, Missouri, where I have no idea. So, uh, <laughs> as that goes on, and is this the first time that you've worked with a 
direct business partner? I mean, you mentioned you were a solopreneur before. Is this is this is that a new experience as well, going along with the whole language and, and kind of the, the model shift? Not entirely. No, uh, my become a blogger program. I worked with Gideon Shalwick, and okay. uh, yeah. he's actually kind of the reason why I eventually got a partner for Cranky Ads as well because. It's brilliant, you know. Uh, I, I understand why most of the best companies seem to come from, you know, two-person partnerships, the, the Googles and so forth. Uh, because, you know, having a partner, like when I partnered with Gideon, it was back in 2008 to release basically a video training program on how to make money from blogging. Now, I wasn't good with video, and, and he was. Uh, he didn't have much of a presence in terms of distribution, but I did. So we kind of combined forces, and, and I had a market. He had the, the video skills, and we created a, a new product that went on to actually be the best selling course uh, we ever did, which was about. I think we had 2,000 members go through that one over the years, and it's it's actually just reopened with a, a new partner, a third partner named Leslie. So I really, really like partnerships. Um, you know, I, I have the advantage, of course, that my blog has given me the uh, the option to partner with people, and right. don't know any other way to say this other than do less of the grunt work. Um, you know, I I can sit there and say, well, I'll email my list and we'll make money. You guys go create everything. Uh, it can be a bit like that sometimes. You know, your brand is the thing that gets you in the door, um, and if someone else goes out and creates a product, it, it can be a, a nice win-win situation. So. You know, Gideon went on and, and has his own courses now, and he's done really well. But you know, that was the first sort of big success he had, and and uh, it was a great partnership. And I thoroughly love partnerships, so I'm hoping this new one with Walter and another partner named Mick that will get some good results too. Very cool. Now I want to I want to shift gears and kind of go a little bit back in time because I'm always fascinated, and I know a lot of people are about the background of successful people entrepreneurs and and kind of because sometimes we can reconstruct and deconstruct things like that you're from Australia right mm. born and raised that's right uh, um, were you the type that was more like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world that had like 74 lemonade stands at the age of two or whatever he had going on or were you t more the type of you know you found that sort of passion for going into business for yourself a bit later on well, I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk in, in terms of his very gregarious personality. I think you two probably got along really well. Well, <laughs> that yeah, no one gets to talk, but yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I'm, I'm more introverted and down to earth, but I certainly had some, some business uh, projects. I think, you know, for me, the, the very first thing I did was actually, um, you know, this was before the internet was around. So we, we had a, a publication here called The Trading Post. It was just a newspaper second-hand stuff being sold. Um, I think it still functions today um, online as well. I sold my Transformers, I sold my Lego, eventually sold my video games. You know, that, that was just how I kept this sort of scheme where I buy more Transformers by selling the old ones. And, uh, you know, it just taught me about how to deal with people and, and um, you know, be a little bit independent, not needing allowance from my parents and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, that led to, let's see, I think, Probably the magic card trading days was the next experience, and um, in a you know I, I, this sounds so typically Jewish, but um, I can say that with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I actually enjoyed trading the magic cards more than playing the game. Sometimes, you know, I like the the aftermarket. So uh, one of my uh, well, my, my first website had an actual trading forum and then an e-commerce store, but. Prior to that, I, I went to tournaments and I, I had my folder and what you do is you trade and buy and sell and it's like having your own little business as a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old. So 
did a lot of that. I think that's similar to Gary because he was a baseball card. Yeah, he, did, was, he would go. Yeah, I think he like took all his dad. His dad gave him a couple hundred bucks at one point. He like set up a trade show. You know, he was selling cards. He was selling it online. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you were and I wasn't even talking personality. But but basically, you were an early. We would put it that under that in quotes. You know, it's always relative. But early entrepreneur was that? Did you go to school for? Um, did you go to to, to university or anything there? Looking? Did you? Did, were you? at all pressured at a point saying I should take a traditional job or do anything like that? Or were you one of those guys that was like, you know what, as soon as I traded my first magic card or transformer or sold it, I said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was growing up and, you know, I, I've never had a full-time job. Um, and my, my dad occasionally, I think he got this fatherly instinct and would say, hmm, well, maybe you should get a job. I think that's what you're supposed to do and then do the business thing. And he really didn't know what, you know, he just felt like the urge to say that every now and then. And I said, no, no, it's, it's okay. I'm doing my own thing. And um, to, to answer the question, I, I, I did do a business management degree at university, which surprisingly enough sounds relevant to having a business. Um, yeah, kind of does. It, it was, yeah. It was really more of something to do. Uh, I didn't know what, what to do after you know high school, and so I went to university like uh, some of my friends did, and you know so I sort of struggled to be honest, but I you know got through the degree. Um, I think for me the biggest motivation, which has driven everything, has been simply the absolute fear and hatred of a nine to five uh, mm -hmm. job. You know that from the beginning, I, I can't stand being somewhere doing something that I don't like for, for long periods of time. E you know, even anything, you know, even if I love it, is not, you know, maybe two hours, three hours maximum is how much time I want to spend on one activity. So that's what I love about entrepreneurship, that ability to, you know, you want to go to do some exercise at, you know, 2 a.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and you know, after you've had lunch, you do it. If you want to watch a DVD, right. go through the Lost series, why not do it? Um, if you want to write an article down at a cafe for an hour or two, you can do that. So having the freedom of choice and not needing to be responsible to someone else uh, on someone else's time frame has always been the biggest motivator for me. So, uh, you know, initially it was all about just finding enough money to survive to do that. So I think for uh, maybe the first five to ten years, both before the Internet and, and my first five years online, it was just scrambling enough cash from whatever I was doing. So, you know, I had a part-time job, um, a couple of part-time jobs here and there. Uh, thankfully, a lot of them were just sitting at a computer, like doing a help desk job. So I would often have time to actually sit on that computer and, and write blog entries, for example, but get paid 25 an hour to do that as well. So if you can find the right job, I think it can really help the entrepreneur lifestyle. But none of them were ever full time. They were always two hour, three hour, four hour shifts here and there. And that, that gave me that freedom to do what I liked. Uh, the only challenge with that was that everyone else around me was doing normal jobs. So Right. That of, is a challenge. Yeah, you're, you're afraid, like, what if I never make enough money to live, or why don't I have any friends, because everyone's at work, and I'm sitting at home in my pajamas on the computer uh, with, uh, you know, no one around me. So yeah, how, do you deal, how do you deal with that? Because that is a common problem. That is, that is the, the entrepreneur's uh, paradox, especially if you're, if you're building something kind of on your own. You know, I have to admit, like for, for a good five years of my, my early online career, it was a lonely lifestyle. It, it was hard. I, I hadn't met my fellow entrepreneurs like I, I have now. Um, you know, the online world for this wasn't as established either. So, you know, we connect on Skype, on Facebook, on, on meetups and so many things now. It's easy to find people uh, like yourself. But when I started, um, before being a blogger, when I was running a proofreading business and my magic card site, uh, you know, I'd, I'd get up and I think I spent one time three days in a row not talking to another human being in real life. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's tough. You know, I'm laughing, but yeah. it's tough. I've seen, I've, I, it's happened. You know.
Yeah. And I mean, you're lucky you got a wife. I don't know when you had that wife, but uh, you thank know, God. Yeah. Thank God I hear her over there rustling around or I wouldn't see any humans. So that's good. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I had had some pretty rough periods where, you know, and the worst thing is you don't go to a job. So you don't have those sort of after work drinks with your mates that on Fridays, right. that people have, um, you know, you don't get so many party invitations because you're not meeting so many new people through networking events and so on. So I really did actually. I came back from um, a round the world trip in the sort of 2008, and I realized that okay, I, I built up a really good business, and I, I made more money traveling than I'd spent. Uh, I felt business was really on, into on top of things, but um, social life. You know, I had a couple of friends doing entrepreneurship. Sure. A couple of old, uh, you know, university and high school friends were doing full time jobs. So I, I saw once a month, maybe. So I was like, "Well, screw this! I'm not going to go chase more money. I'm going to chase a better social network and try and uh, build up, you know, better friendships in people who are interested in the same sort of thing." And and I did that. It took a while. It's you know, not something that happens overnight. But um, it, it, like I said before, it was a problem I felt I needed to solve to get some balance and and you know, harmony in in my life. So. Um, and I did, and I'm you know happy to say that right now the balance is is pretty good. Uh, a lot of my friends are you know in business, perhaps mm -hmm. even business partners, but you know that's good. It's nice to have that human contact. Right, and, and what and, and that's such an interesting thing that you pointed out there because I feel like this is one of those things that's not talked about a lot, and I think it's important. You know, it's a, it's that it's one of those things like you don't want to talk about it because you know a lot of people are like you know they might be lonely and they might no one wants to talk about that. They want to talk about how well their business is doing and the new Lamborghini or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever it is, it, no one wants to talk about this. When you came back and you were at that kind of um, lowish point of saying, okay. I, I'm, I'm successful in business, I'm rocking this, but I need to improve, as you said, social relationships and get that back or, or, or create it. What did you do? I mean, was there anything that you can like point to story-wise or action-wise that was like, okay, you know, I just picked up the phone and just was like, hey, I haven't, we haven't talked in six years. Or, you know, I would go to the bar with a, with a freaking sign saying, talk to me. What, what did you, what, hopefully you didn't do that. What, what, did you, what did you do to get back in the, uh, the social game, if you will? I'd like to say I have a clear strategy for this, but I have discovered that socializing is a little different from business. You know, Absolutely. Love, I love business because everyone has objectives. We all know what they are, and we go into how we interact based on that. Um, socializing is a little different. You know, you're, you're not there to make money off each other or to find ways to partner right. or talk about business. You're, you know, commonalities and you know, friendships and, and shared chemistry, energy, whatever it is. So. I think the first thing was the intention to do so. Yeah, I mean, whether or not you're a law of attraction fan or not, um, I think I like to look at the practicality of deciding I want to do something, and, and if I keep doing enough things mm -hmm. towards that goal, things happen. Whether or not I'm attracting it to me, I don't know. But whatever the case was, I decided to to make that change. So. I think the first thing was, uh, you know, looking for any obvious opportunities around me in terms of networking events. Mm -hmm. um, I did find, and, and this is the strange thing that. I may have had one or two existing friends who I, I might have saw once a month and then you know I caught up with them after coming home from traveling and, and they happened to be you know doing a, a startup themselves and you know they'd lead me to other people doing startups and uh, that over probably 12 to 18 months eventually connected me with a new group of people um, you know some I socialized with from you know going for a skate together to uh, maybe you, know, you got your more, I guess your your close relationships. You know, people you see movies with. Sure. To 
the people I, I hang out with at other networking events, there's a lot of entrepreneurship happening in Brisbane, in Australia right now. So there's actually, uh, I went to a, a meetup for startups. There's like 150, 200 people there. So, you know, this is fast forward four years now. The community has grown, you know, startups are huge. The online world is huge. So going back four years ago, it wasn't as many options, but right. it was weird. It was connections. It's like one person leading to another and having the, I guess, the desire to, to meet more people in my space. So I had to go where people in my space go. Um, plus, uh, now you've interviewed, uh, you know, Neil Strauss and so forth. Oh, yeah. The artist community. You know, if that stuff actually works just for meeting in general. And, and the, the basic rule, I mean, I've, I've been trying to become, you know, I guess I'm an introverted person who was very, very shy growing up to being capable of talking to strangers just off the bat anywhere. That's so awesome. That's, I, yeah. I worked for a long time and you know so if you're sitting at a cafe with your laptop and someone next to you is sitting on it in their laptop too and uh, you know you're just saying hello what are you doing is something that can lead to all kinds of contacts and, and relationships that you wouldn't think of so not just for picking up girls or guys whatever it is you're you're after um, for everything uh, it's hit and miss sometimes you know they're they're a doctor and they're studying how to do that but hey you know and you're like get the hell out of there it's the doctors yeah. just like my wife get away from them one thing I've definitely learned, though, that the more people you know, the more people you can connect with in terms of network effects. So, uh, you know, just being open to at least saying hello to people is a, a huge advantage for all aspects of life. And, and that, that took a lot of learning. So, you know, shy people, it is possible to get out there and talk to other people. It just takes practice. Nice. No, it's, I mean, great advice and such an important topic. And again, it's one of those topics that just doesn't come up as frequently as it should. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things yeah. I'm, I'm really glad and thank you for sharing that. Now, I want to well, go you're, in. You're, you're extroverted, right, David? You've never had a problem. I am. Uh, no, I'm very shy. No, I'm, uh, I, I'm an extrovert to an extreme. But, and that's why I think I even have a greater appreciation for what you said when, you, when you're like, you know, I was introverted. I was shy and I had to kind of get going. You know, yeah, and I wasn't that confident when I was young by any means, but I'm saying it's kind of grown over time. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit of an extrovert, as they say. Um, I want to go in here last 10 minutes or so. You are kind of our speed round, if you will. Um, just some kind of quick questions um, for you. Uh, number one, um, to date, in your eyes, and you could just, you could, we could put the monetary number on it or not, but whatever you, you want to quantify it, what has been your most successful business venture? Okay, well, if we're talking about pure money, then uh, I mean, it's hard to separate things because, you know, having a blog led to having an email list, yeah. led to being able to do a product launch. So if I didn't go through those steps, I can't say that, you know, product launches are the best, but that doesn't happen without a blog, so blogs are the best. Right. Um, my blog didn't happen without spending five years learning about my subject, so maybe experience is the best. So in terms of raw monetary return product launch, for sure, uh, every launch I've done has cleared at least 50 to 100 grand, um, you know, guaranteed almost. So uh, that's, that's very consistent. That's, you do it once a year and you're doing well. You do it two or three times a year, you're heading towards that million dollar mark. So, you know, it's very effective. Um, I, I still love having a blog though. Uh, it is the platform for everything I do. I mean, I love having a podcast too. I'm not as prolific as you are, but I do get on there and interview people and it's, it's open doors to all kinds of uh, new people. 
And again, it gives me that platform and all of the people that come to the blog, some of them are joining my newsletter and that gives me the opportunity to do affiliate marketing. Uh, I really, you know, I, I can't uh, give more props to affiliate marketing in terms of ease. It really is, you know, you don't have to create a product, you just send an email, you write a blog post and you can make some good money. Hasn't been quite as good as uh, launches are in terms of, you know, the pure profit. But, you know, I have some affiliate programs that have been paying me you know, two to five thousand dollars a month for two to three years and I promote them once a year you know if that so that's that's pretty consistent yeah. it's reliable it makes you sleep well at night because you know you're gonna get that every month and that's regardless of whether I create a product or not so affiliate marketing once you've built up your base and your audience yeah I really like it um, and you know I have to mention advertising income too you know if you, if you are a publisher of content and that's all you want to do. You don't want to create product, you don't want to recommend product, you just want to talk about whatever's going on in your interest field. Um, having the ability to monetize through advertising and not having to worry about it. You just sit there and, and write blog posts or do, do interviews, whatever it is you do, knowing that that income will be there as long as you do that. that you know, that's, that's, um, it's very stable. That For me, like I said, is the longest serving income stream. So 10 years making money from advertising, it's, it's been uh, you know, a good ride. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'd like to say, that if I was to be really honest, probably the biggest windfalls have been selling businesses and selling websites. Um, and the, the nice thing about that is the sense of closure and completeness you get. Built business, made money, sold business, you know, big check in the bank. Uh, you know, I bought my first house and my, my first new car from selling my proofreading business. And, and that was a bit of a life-changing moment. But it also felt great to say I'm no longer running my proofreading business. I'm now going to be a full-time blogger, which is what I, you know, transitioned to at the time. So, uh, you know, one day I'll probably sell my blog. Uh, I don't know when that will be, but you know, it may happen. But uh, it's nice to know you can do that and make a lot of money at the same time. Yeah, very cool. And I think, yeah, great point on closure, you know, the beginning, middle and end and kind of moving on from it. And and also, by the way, you are a great interviewer. I just want to give you a shameless uh, plug on that too. It's it's entrepreneurs-journey.com and Yaro is a great interviewer. Um, make sure to check that out as well. Now also, I want to ask about overcoming a key mistake failure, whatever you want to call it, everyone has a different word for it. Um, can you point to something that maybe we could all learn from from you that, you know, something you were like, ah, oh, that was an awful mistake and this is how I got over it or how I got through it or how I pivoted from it? Uh, well, you know, early on I think uh, I made the mistake like so many people do of just jumping from shiny object to shiny object without really committing to one thing long enough to get a result. Uh, you know, before I had, let's say, my blogging business, while I was running my proofreading business, while I had my card store, I was still reading about, you know, AdSense arbitrage and, and you know, click flipping and, um, and buying and selling websites, uh, all these different opportunities, affiliate marketing, and they are all very enticing and exciting. And I think the problem stems from not really being in the market yet and not really knowing your place. Once you know that, it's harder to you know jump ship because you're building something of long-term value, and uh, you know it's it's already making some money. It'll make more if you keep doing what you're doing, but you don't have that stability. So you know my magic uh, magic card days, it was a business that made well, it wasn't even a business, it was more of a hobby that made five hundred to a thousand bucks a month. I was trading cards, I was making a bit of money from advertising. You know, I was working a part-time job. So none of that was stable enough to say I can, you know, move out of my parents' house, pay my rent, and uh, you know, buy my food. So it made me 
think about doing other things because I saw people saying I'm making 10 grand a month doing you know AdSense arbitrage or uh, whatever the case may be so you're thinking well 10,000 a month would be better than 1,000 a month what I'm doing now maybe I should drop this and move on to that but um, more often than not I just do both half-assed so uh, it's better to stick to one thing um, you know try not to do more than one thing at a time if possible I've kind of juggled two or three things at a time but I've always done better when I focused on one thing so that would be the biggest mistake I think everyone goes through a period where they do that I don't know David if you've been mixing uh, you know podcasting with a bunch of other projects at the same oh, time oh no I mess this up probably every other hour no I understand yeah I, yeah. I get it no I get it and it, it's a common entrepreneurs problem uh, it, you know if you will it's all part of the pun intended, entrepreneur's journey, you know what I mean, as you go through this stuff and you, you, I've seen it, it, I call it shiny, you know, shiny red ball syndrome or whatever you want to call it, of just, you know, jumping off in different things and then at some point, what seems is that the successful people are able to eliminate some of the balls, that sounded bad, but you know what I mean, um, el eliminate, <laughs> eliminate some of the balls and get back down to the core or, or be able to pivot directions without taking on too many different things. So I, I think it's a common problem and it's something that it just seems that successful people though are like aware of it and are able to just say, okay, I know what's going on here. I've done it before. I'm not going to let this part happen again, you know? But then occasionally you meet guys like uh, uh, Chris Gillibu. Oh, yeah, yeah, Been interviewed, on the show. Absolutely. Him. And like, I'm like, how do you manage to travel to 25, you know, countries every year, uh, write books, you know, do everything you do at the same time. It just doesn't make sense to me, but, you know, he managed to make it work. Yeah, I think he just takes a lot of drugs would be my guess, but who knows. I'll, well, we'll ask him about that. I think Chris is coming back on the show at some point, too. So, uh, <laughs> well, Yaro, you know, this has been super interesting today. I think, I think it's really cool kind of hearing these inside things, you know, because, you know, we, we could talk here and talk about tips for blogging and all those different things, but I, I think it's so cool to hear the, the behind-the-scenes story. So I want to thank you for being just super open with us today and sharing all this stuff, and we're looking forward to the new project. Um, where's the best place people can connect with you? Do we, you just want them to Google? What do we want to do here? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I say to people, Google my name, Y-A-R-O. It's uh, always been the easiest thing to remember. Um, I am trying to be like Madonna and Oprah and whatever to get that. Cher? Uh, you know, Cher. Prince? Well, I don't know about Cher, but... Prince? Well, geez, I, let's stick with Madonna and Oprah. I, Prince. I, I, you're gonna... <laughs> yeah, I don't want the connotations, but um, of course, I should mention my startup too, which is crankyads.com uh, for all those bloggers listening who, who want to sell money, uh, make money selling advertising to check that out as well. All right. Well, Yaro, appreciate my man and good luck uh, with the new venture and, and thanks for uh, dosing up some inspiration for us today. Thanks, David. This was Yaro Stark on the rise to the top. All that stuff is linked up below. I will see you next time. I'm David Seidman Garland. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. And a big thank you to Yarek once again. Yarek. <laughs> Yarek. I just combined Yaro Stark and Yannick Silver into one superhuman. So big thank you to Yaro for coming on the show today. Uh, super interesting guy. Wish him the best of luck with his new startup and uh, just cool stuff going on. So uh, one more as we wrap up here. Do want to remind you one more time. Big shout out. Big thank you to our sponsor, GoToWebinar. Great product. Uh, if you want to do webinars with the greatest of ease, go to webinar. Absolutely the best option. Head over to go to webinar.com. 45 day, no credit card required, free trial. Just enter the promo code SPECIAL, S P E C I A L, and you'll be off to the races and you'll be supporting the Rise to the Top. So it's a double win. Enjoy it. See you next time.